Thank you for joining us uh, for episode 11 of Head Start. This is a weekly podcast to help Liberty's adult and student ministry life group leaders prepare for the upcoming lesson. So um, really looking forward to this. Uh, it's been a while since the four of us have been at the table. It's like the, the gang is back in town or something. Yes. Back in town. Whoop, whoop. So together. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, so I, maybe we could, is this a segment? Could we call this a segment maybe? Segment of our time together. Uh, we're going to call it Get to Know You. How about that? G-T-K-Y. G-T-K-Y. Yeah, G T. <laughs> Wow, got my... G2KY. <laughs> get to know you. Okay, so here we go. Here's some questions. This is rapid fire, and it's uh, if you get to choose, which one will you choose? Cats or dogs? And go. What are you going to choose? Cats or dogs? Dogs every time. Every time? Okay. Dogs 11 times out of 10. Okay, yes. Oh, oh, my oh, God. oh there's a cat. Oh, no. <laughs> well,. I grew used to not having any animals. So that was nice, okay. but yeah. uh, I like that cats don't need you. So. Okay, he's gonna yeah. go. He's one of those guys. The devil yeah. takes okay. care of them, so yeah. you're right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> I, I don't like that wild look in their eyes. I'm so. clearly gonna go dogs as well. Okay, let's keep rolling. Crunchy peanut butter or smooth? This is so important. Crunchy or smooth? Which is it, Kyle? You're first. I'm going smooth. Smooth. The okay. oddball here. Crunchy. Crunchy. Smooth it is. I'm smooth also. I, I'm not afraid of crunchy, All but right. I, I'm going to choose smooth if I get. I sure. can eat peanuts with my smooth peanut butter, oh, and I'm good. There you yeah. go. Okay, beach or mountains, uh, Brian? Beach or mountains? Uh, poor K, no less dose. Beach for me, I guess. Okay. Why not yes. both? Is what I really want to say. Why not both? No, you have to choose, Tim. Forced to choose beach. Beach, yeah. Same. Beach, Beach. yes, me too. Very easy. Um, Now, I enjoy the mountains, Mm -hmm. but, you know, uh, I'm going to choose eggs. Everyone loves some eggs, and this is so important. I grew up on fried eggs, uh, but these days more scrambled. So, which are you going to choose, fried eggs or scrambled eggs? Scrambled with cheese on top Mm -hmm. and a little bit of hot sauce. Oh, hot sauce. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll go fried. I'm going to put it on a bagel, a toasted okay. bagel with cheese. Yes. Uh, that's pretty good. Okay, mm. good. Fried would be good on an English muffin. Okay. Wow. There you go. We'll, we'll saute some onions and bell peppers every once in a while and mix them in with the... It's fancy. That's some good stuff right there. So, okay. Now, uh, <laughs> the, the get to know you is over. Let's, uh, leaders real quick. Now you know. Yeah. Uh, Leaders, real quick, let me just give some words of encouragement. As you know, uh, our material is, as we've talked a number of times, it's obviously it's passage-based. It's uh, There's a large focus on discussion. Uh, and yes, there's content. That's part of the reason why we do this uh, podcast is to help give more content, give you insight into the passage that you're going to guide a conversation over. But um, a big part of the lesson that you lead Sunday after Sunday it revolves around questions and you asking questions to your group. And so let me just go ahead and give two things. One, permission. Let's say there's 12 questions in a lesson and you go, I don't want to do ask all these questions. Guess what? It's okay. Like, choose the nine questions that are best for your group that you think would connect best with your group and ask those nine questions. And then second, here's, uh, is when you ask a question and it happens, you've, if you've ever led a group, you've asked a question and it's like a calf staring at a new gate. They're like, uh. And so many times what happens when when we ask a question and nobody responds instantaneously, as a leader we go, oh, 
I must step in and answer the question. And so here's my encouragement to you is allow for the pregnant pause. Give time. Allow those in your group to wrestle, or as we would say in the South, wrestle with the question that you've presented. It's okay. Give them some time to wrestle with, uh, with the question, with what has been presented. Uh, and in nine times out of ten, someone's going to speak up uh, after a little bit. So just give that space. That's good. Um, so That's a good point, Matt. And I would just encourage our leaders to take advantage of that teaching component because those are the moments that the Holy Spirit yes. uh, speaks mm-hmm. in a personal way. It's uncomfortable mm-hmm. sometimes, but uh, good moments and so good teaching. Yeah. Uh, tool. Yep. So. Okay. So um, what we're going to do now is I uh, ask Pastor Tim, Brother Tim, to share with us uh, just some insight. The passage that as we begin this new sermon series in the book of Philippians, uh, this Sunday that's coming up, we'll be teaching from Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Uh, two whole verses. Uh, so a lot to cover. Uh, <laughs> two whole verses with a whole lot of New Testament to cover, but uh, we're excited to, to be able to start a series of, of preaching and teaching through a book. And so uh, one theme that you will hear us uh, referring to is as we talk about Philippians over 16 weeks uh, is together in Jesus and together with joy. And you will see both of those themes uh, just come to life as we go week by week, paragraph by paragraph. Uh, through those four chapters and 104 verses in 16 weeks. And so from August 13th to November the 26th, uh, this is our uh, deep dive and studying God's Word. And and uh, one thing that hopefully we're all realizing and we can help our um, church family realize that as we embrace who we are and why we're here, uh, that we exist to glorify God and make disciples as we gladly spend our lives to see the gospel transform the next generation. Anytime we lean strongly into the advancement of the gospel, it's going to come with a cost. There's going to be opposition, and it's not always going to be ideal, but Jesus is always worth whatever cost uh, that it cost us. And so I think in, in this letter to the Philippians, the, the Apostle Paul surely is addressing uh, some of those areas in church life to where it's tough at times and it's costly at times. And through his encouragement, uh, he is going to encourage us, as he did them, uh, to live courageously for Christ, no matter the circumstance. Philippians is one of those prison epistles. Uh, The Apostle Paul most likely was in Rome as he was writing this in prison, and yet he could say, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice, or if we want to paraphrase, I'm rejoicing, Mm. so you rejoice. And so really he calls us to rejoice, not in our circumstances, but he calls us to rejoice in the person of Jesus Christ and the bond that we have in him and and the common bond that we have in our mission that is that gospel mission. And that's why in chapter 1, Paul could say, for me, 
living is Christ and dying is gain. So really excited to unpack this over the next 16 weeks. And as we begin with verses 1 and 2, there's so much there. Just want to encourage you leaders to go to Acts chapter 16 and read some background as to how the Philippian church began. And, and we really see the sovereign hand of God guiding the Apostle Paul to Macedonia. And sometimes it's referred to as the Macedonian call, but we see God directing him ste- his steps, and he ends up in Philippi. In Acts chapter 16, uh, verses 6 through 40, kind of give you a great background as to Paul's sensitivity of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's guidance to, of his life uh, to cross over to Macedonia and to end up uh, really uh, to meet some ladies who were gathering together for a time of prayer. And so there are some uh, just interesting evangelistic encounters that help plant a church uh, in Philippi. And in verse 13 in Acts chapter 16, we, we see that that Paul did come across a lady in particular named Lydia and some other ladies. And Dr. Luke in Acts tells us that, that she was a very prominent individual, a woman of means, a dealer of purple, uh, purple cloth, uh, and she was a God-fearing woman. She may not have been, probably wasn't a Christian at the time that Paul met her, but as they spoke of the gospel, Uh, The Holy Spirit pricked her heart and opened her heart and mind to believe the gospel. So Lydia and her household were baptized. And after this, uh, she rolled out the red carpet, as we would say, showed hospitality to Paul and his team uh, to stay there with her. So uh, we see that evangelistic encounter. But next, there was a slave girl. Uh, that Paul cast out a spirit from her as she was tormented by the demon. And uh, she was presumably converted, we believe that, uh, because she had brought her oppressive owners a prophet from fortune-telling. They did not like what happened. They were losing money. So in anger, they took Paul and Silas before the magistrates and had them flogged and imprisoned. Uh, But that evangelistic encounter was significant in that area as as the testimony of the power of the gospel uh, went across the land. And then one more, the Philippian jailer. We all love that story in verse 25, Acts 16. Uh, Paul and Silas, um, as they were arrested, uh, they began praising and singing. The joy of the Lord just filled them while they were in prison. Uh, As a result of their worship, God shook the earth and shook the heart of that jailer. Uh, As their uh, bonds were unfastened, they were really free. The jailer feared for his life, but they assured him they were all there. And here's the question that resulted, sir, what must I do to be saved? Mm -hmm. And then he and his household believed and were baptized. And so, Acts chapter 16, just spend some time there to just see that on this second missionary journey, how Paul and his team were just sharing the gospel as the Holy Spirit led them, and it resulted in a church being founded in Philippi. And so it's about 10 years after this church was established, somewhere around A.D. 762, 
from Rome that Paul writes now this letter that we have called Philippians. Uh, it's a letter that uh, that's one of thanksgiving. Uh, it's, it's one that he is writing to make them aware of where he is in his present condition, um, one in which he is uh, sharing why he's sending his dear friend Epaphroditus back so soon, uh, but one also he makes a strong appeal to be united in the gospel mission yep. and to persevere all circumstances that they're facing with joy in Christ. And so this letter is from the heart of a father in the ministry, as we would say, uh, one that would see himself as a, a, a leader to them, but a brother in Christ to them as, uh, also. Uh, Paul calls these dear people in his life to persevere, uniting around the gospel and retaining the joy that is there through a personal relationship with Christ. Uh, so these dynamics are really important, and, and that kind of gives you a hint of our uh, theme that we're talking about, together in Christ and together with joy. So our joy and our unity are found in that relationship with Christ. And so when you get the gospel, uh, you get joy, the joy of the Lord. And when you focus on the gospel, you find unity in that gospel mission. Now let's uh, just unpack uh, some key words out of verses 1 and 2 out of Philippians. This is what you will deal with Sunday. Uh, Paul identifies himself out of the gate. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Christ Jesus. Uh, Paul, as we know, is, is an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ. He could have called himself that, but he didn't. He, we know that he authored 13 New Testament epistles or letters. Uh, and so he could have bragged about that. But in chapter 3, uh, we, we see Paul saying, you know, the things of the flesh are not important to me. And, and so he rather referred to himself as well as Timothy as bondservants of Christ Jesus. And, and that's a key phrase uh, that is rich in meaning, uh, but significant for Paul being led of the Holy Spirit to identify himself along with Timothy as bond servants. And that brings up a good question that is in the life group material. If this is one that you want to focus on, that's great. Like Matt said, you certainly don't have to. You can pick other ones. Uh, but that second question in the section on Philippians 1.1, this is page 5 in my leader guide that says, how can you relate to being a bondservant of Jesus Christ? And I think that is a great conversation starting question. Uh, if you allow your people the time to answer that, you're going to get all sorts of answers uh, on a spectrum of, you know, one side that says, I didn't really realize that I was supposed to be a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Like, I kind of just live my life the way that I want to, and following Jesus hasn't really made much of a difference. If they're honest and willing to say that. On the other side, you might hear from people who... Their lives have been totally uprooted. They live in a different place than they planned to, or they do a different career than they planned to, all because they felt the Lord was leading them to this instead of that. And so really the point here being our lives as believers are not our own. We do not belong to ourselves. We belong body and soul to the Lord Jesus, and he's allowed to do with us what he wants to do. But I think giving your group some space to flesh that out would be, would be critical. And this really could be a new concept or new term for, especially in our culture, being a bondservant to anything, right, other than myself. Right. 
um, is not something that we naturally do, but to say, I'm going to die to my myself and I'm going to serve somebody else is so not in our culture. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. It, it definitely is. Um, just the recognizing that uh, we're not, uh, uh, we don't own ourselves. Uh, we have a creator and, and we line up under his authority, but we have a savior who purchased us with his own blood and, and we, uh, we are not our own. And, uh, and Paul understood that and he understood uh, that as he lived out his life and why, why he could say for, to me to live is Christ. Uh, I, when I live, I live for him. I surrender my agenda. I'm willing I'm devoted for the cause of Christ. And so uh, that's a good question for us in our day and time to wrestle around, uh, particularly surrendering to the authority of Christ in our life. Uh, we're his servants, and we're not our own. That's right. Um, it's interesting that just the grace of God, of Paul, who once was an enemy of Christ, is now the proclaimer of the gospel and, and I think that uh, plays into him seeing himself as a bond servant right. owned. Uh, Timothy is, is also uh, interesting in his background of, you know, his mother was Jewish, his father was Greek, and he became a Christian only by God's grace. Yeah, right. uh, but he did. And so they, had, they have given their life to serve. Uh, Paul addresses his letters to the saints in Christ Jesus, who are in Philippi. Uh, we know that, that saints do not mean those who are perfect and without sin, uh, but, but that is identifying the people of God who have been purchased with a price, uh, who are set apart to live life differently, devoted to God's mission, the gospel mission. And so it, it's a beautiful picture to, to be reminded that as Paul addressed this letter to people of God that we too are those people yeah. set apart saints to live our life for the glory of Christ. The uh, we we have a couple of other words in there as Paul introduces um, this first chapter, and I'm in Ephesians. All of a sudden, let me get back uh, to Philippians. Paul and Timothy, bond servants of Jesus Christ, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with bishops and deacons. And, and those are spiritual leaders of the congregation. Those would be what we call offices of spiritual leadership in the life of the local church. Uh, Paul uses the term overseers and deacons. Um, the overseer is another term for what we see in Scripture as elder, uh, the most common New Testament name for, for the office. And uh, elders are also referred to as pastors. And so uh, basically there are two offices in the local church that Paul sees and identifies as leaders. And so he is just um, acknowledging those in a community of faith, a local body of believers, and, and acknowledging spiritual leaders there. And then grace to you and peace from our God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That is such a rich phrase. It's a common greeting for Paul, uh, but grace to you and peace from our God and Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so there, there are things in, in our resources that refer to that, uh, but the source of... of um, grace and peace 
uh, is both God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And so that salutation expresses Paul's abiding love and concern for those that are dear to his heart, faithful believers in Christ at Philippi. It's good. Another question that I'd encourage you all to pay attention to as you work through the curriculum is on page seven. Uh, and again, it's that second bullet pointed question. Um, working with the phrase grace and peace, right? Those two things that Paul commonly asks for uh, his, his uh, fellow believers to experience. You know, we live in a culture that like grace is, especially the church culture of today, like it's all grace, 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 right? We want to be heavy on grace and we do, uh, certainly. And that, that applies in culture as well, uh, at least until you cross the line of one of the, you know, cultural kind of cardinal sins and then it's cancel culture at that point. Um, but peace is not something that we are as familiar with in our culture. Uh, right. We live in a time of uh, probably the worst, like the state of humanity's mental health is probably worse than it has been at any point in recorded history. Uh, and of course, there's all sorts of reasons for that. Um, but I think when Paul requests that his fellow believers experience peace, <laughs> the, the mental health crisis and disaster that we exist in the midst of would be the thing that he's trying to say, I don't want this to be the case among you. Uh, fellow saints, I want you to have real peace. And so the question is, what influences your daily experience of peace? Um, And just, I'll give this really briefly, but a brief moment of testimony here. If I start my day off with the wrong thing, that that messes with my experience of peace for the day. If I start the day scrolling on social media, looking at Twitter, looking at Instagram, whatever the case may be, uh, then man, for the rest of the day, I feel the effects of my peace being rattled by what I've seen, the bad news that's going on or anything like that. So just want to share that as an important question to ask your your people that are in your life group. Uh, what is it that influences their daily experience of this peace that God wants to give us, wants us to abide in, wants us to have, but we experience it going up and down so much? And that really ties in with the measure that... Uh, want to point out and highlight and and it's talking about being a, a helper you could even really say being a messenger um, uh, of this grace and peace uh, to somebody um, so what who around you needs you to share with them the grace and the peace that they have in Christ Jesus and and so as a leader, you can look around the room and know that there are people in your group right now uh, who do not have that grace and peace or who are not experiencing the grace and peace that they have. Um, just tell you, even this, this week, I've had a couple of people who uh, they are believers and yet they're not experiencing the peace of God because they're not clinging to the grace of God. Mm-hmm. And, and just how do you go about uh, demonstrating that uh, in Christ you have that peace? You, you need to find it there. You need to run to him for that. And, and I think um, being that messenger or being that helper to come alongside somebody and remind them because so often 
they say, yes, I know I'm saved by grace, but then they're living out the idea that they're not, that they're saved, saved by their performance or that this peace comes from doing everything perfectly to be able to come alongside them and say, no, you need to remember that you're saved by grace. You're being saved right now by grace. You'll continue to be saved by grace. And that, that peace is something that you continue with as you remember that grace. So there are people um, absolutely in your group who are struggling right now to experience what is theirs in Christ. So helping them as that helper or that messenger to, um, to receive that. Is important. That, that's good, Kyle. And just encourage the leaders, you know, um, asking the question is, is important, leaning into our measures. But if there is insight of just a personal mm-hmm. testimony yeah. of being transparent with your yes. group yep. about how God speaks to you, uh, that goes so far uh, in helping other believers, uh, even identifying that I struggle uh, in this area, but here's where God meets me and and grants me that peace as a result of his grace so don't be afraid to do that good. yeah transparency is um is a part of being in group uh doing life together and um and it can seem and even maybe even feel um risky uh but it is beneficial and we see that transparency throughout scripture and so just would encourage you just to go along with what tim said to to be willing to step out like that. Yeah. As we wrap up our lesson, uh, it is so important that we that we leave space and we even schedule space for the live it out because this is where uh, the hope is that we're challenging our people to put into action, not just uh, listen to someone preach about a passage of scripture, not just listen to some content or maybe even ask some questions about a. Uh, uh, discuss the the content, but the goal is that we would then go out and live out the the truth of this passage. So as we think about this week's live it out, begin the first one is begin praying for a specific person to know the grace and peace of God. Hmm. So you're challenging your group to take to action that they would pray for a specific person to know the grace and peace of God. And second, uh, share with someone who is missing grace and peace in his or her own a life, how they can experience those spiritual blessings through Jesus. And so just that challenge, just that encouragement, uh, that it would not be just more knowledge that's stored between our ears, but there's but there's action that comes as, as a result of God's Word. So be sure to challenge your group in that way. Now, as we wrap up our time together, two really quick announcements, okay? Uh, first is, remember, uh, next Sunday is kickoff Sunday. Uh, you should have, you will have already received a schedule you, uh, to know when your group picture is supposed to be taking place. So be sure uh, to be in the gathering space on time for that. And then finally, encourage you to be a part of the Sunday afternoon activities at Hargis. Uh, Hargis Christian Camp, um, the tailgate party. Um, you're, you're coming just like you are Sunday morning wearing your um, favorite team's colors. Uh, we'll hang out uh, by the water. We're going to um, have games. We're going to feed you. We'll worship together. Uh, we will have a, a message. We're going to share in uh, communion, the Lord's Supper. And uh, we're going to have baptism. It's going to be a great time together as family. Uh, be sure to register online so we can know how many is going to be there. we got to buy food and everything. So be sure to uh, make sure that your family is registered and you're encouraging your group to register as well. So thank you very much. And we are looking forward to seeing you on Sunday. 